Welcome to the Collective Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, please visit thecollectivechurch.ca.ca. Isn't that a beautiful picture of the, the royalty over Johannesburg? And just as they started sharing that, or various people sharing in the prayer meeting, I thought, you know what, let's take this opportunity even just to pray for the trees, you know? Those little borer bugs that are attacking the whole of this area that's threatening, the, the, the language is, this is going to be a, a treeless suburb. Um, the Lord cares about things like this. He created beauty. He created environments for us to flourish and thrive in. And so I thought, maybe just as a community, let's just pray for solutions for those borer beetles that just want to niggle away and take down this amazing royalty that we uh, get to see before us. So can we pray for that for a moment? Jesus, we just lift up our city to you, Father. We, we thank you that you establish cities and you, you care about us. Father, you care about nature. You care about the things that you created that are beautiful. And so, Father, we just thank you that from a place of no hope, uh, maybe a year ago, there's, there's signs and there's talk that there may be solutions coming coming up, not tested and tried. So we just pray life into that, Father. And we just pray that you would breathe life into the city, Father. And just even as you save the trees, Father God, that will be a, a picture of what you're doing in terms of just, just destroying the little bugs that are trying to destroy the city and the people within the city, the people that are designed to be mighty oaks, mighty jacarandas, Father, all of their various types, the people that you want to rise up in the city, Father. We thank you that you just... Yeah, you speak life into them, Father God. End of curse and let your kingdom come, we pray in Jesus' name. Thank you. Amen. You know, last week I, I said, you know, when the Lord is saying stuff in between, I don't know if you remember me saying that, you pay note, you pay attention. And I was so encouraged just to hear what came out in the prayer meeting about you'll see how it comes together later, but the rivers and fruitfulness and planted by streams. I don't think anyone knew what I was preaching on, you know, but you just realize, oh my word, the Lord is speaking. And so I just want to echo what Kirsty said about the Lord speaking to this community specifically. Yes, we're small, but he cares just as much as he does any other community. Um, and so pay attention. And so can I ask you to prep your hearts for, for this word this morning? Um, just that you wouldn't be spectator mode, that you would be engaging and allow the Holy Spirit just to soften your heart and speak specifically into you what he's wanting to reveal. Because if he's been speaking this to various people, um, it's something that he wants to say to you as well, you know. And so just to prep and be in, like, engaging. Lord, what do you have for me in this moment and what do you want to say? Um, and if we run over, it's your fault, because you didn't want to be quiet in the beginning, you see. <laughs> so if we miss the rugby, <laughs> I'll speed up. Um, but uh, about a week, week and a half ago, I was out for a run in this beautiful area. And I, felt, I asked the Lord, what do you want me to speak on? And um, I felt him say that uh, living from a place of fullness. Um, I love that, you know, there's that scripture that says physical exercise is of some value. But godliness has eternal value. I'm paraphrasing. Um, but that while we get to enjoy this beautiful physical environment, that the Lord also speaks to us. And so I love how he partners with the things that bring us joy. 
So I want to speak on living from a place of fullness, which sounds great, right? We like to be full. Full sounds like a great word. We don't like to be empty. No one likes to be. Um, we don't like to be hungry. We like to be full, right? A full cupboard is much better than an empty cupboard. A full tank is better than an empty tank, right? And definitely a full bank account is better than an empty bank account. Amen. <laughs> so we, we started this year, the very first preach of the year was, uh, that I've spoken was thriving in the desert place. Do you, I don't know if those of you that remember that, but that was the theme going into this year, and it has felt like a bit of a desert place, but that doesn't mean we can't thrive, right? Nice idea, thrive. Again, we love that word. Yes, thrive. Um, but for maybe some of you, as I say that, it offends you because that's not how you would describe your life right now. You might say, um, I've got an overwhelming sense of lack. You know, that's not your description of your life at the moment. Um, but to thrive, we must be full, right? And was Jesus full? Yes. Obvious yes. Um, I'm going to be reading a bunch of scriptures out of Colossians 1 today, except for one, I think. Um, but it says, for God is satisfied, in Colossians 1.19, God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. All of the fullness of God is dwelling within Christ. So you don't get more full than being God, right? That's ultimate, ultimate fullness. But did Jesus face problems? Again, an obvious yes. You know, he faced hunger, he faced betrayal, he was mocked, um, he was beaten. I think he experienced everything in the human condition. Everything that we get to experience, he experienced and triumphed. And we are in Christ, aren't we? And so we get to have all of his fullness living within us, even when we have a sense of being empty. And I think that's what I'm wanting to stir up. Even when you've got a sense of being empty, that the fullness of Christ would rise up within you. You know, experiencing the fullness and delight of God is not isolated to our highs, our breakthrough moments. We are in Christ and we have His fullness, even when everything seems empty around us. And... Things do seem empty sometimes, right? I want to tell you a, a story of, of emptiness. Um, a couple of months ago, um, it was heading up towards payday, and we didn't have enough money in the bank account to pay our staff, okay? This was in our, our signage business. And um, what are we going to do? And so, anyway, that was the precursor. Then um, money came in on the day that we needed to pay our staff. And so we were celebrating. We were sitting around the dinner table there with the, with the kids, and I was like telling like the testimony, like, isn't the Lord good? He's broken through, and he's he supplied enough money that we can actually pay our staff, um, that we didn't have to start looking at like maybe retrenching. I mean, imagine not being able to give your staff member um, a salary check. We're all dependent on that. And, and I said, like, just the Lord's provision in that moment, like literally from not having enough, we got enough, we paid the staff, and we had... 500 rand left in the bank account. <laughs> so, and I mean, this comes from a, a business that we've usually had quite a hefty nest egg for rainy days on the side, which is, was gone, right? But 500 rand. So, dude, like, and we're celebrating this. The Lord's goodness. He's faithful. 
Our daily bread, he's taken care of it. And Jude looks at this and he's like, 500 rand. He's like, and he's doing the maths on what it costs to buy a Lego. <laughs> um, he was horrified, but the Lord came through. And friends, we are more blessed than what we think. We are more blessed than what we think. Life is a journey, not a destination. And when we tend to make the, the destination, the breakthrough, the whatever, the closed deal, the full whatever, when we tend to make those mini destinations along the way, we become like what Auntie was saying last week. Those kids are like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And we don't enjoy the moment in between. When we value the destination more than the journey, life ain't that good because we arrive at the destination and then there's what's next. And then the next journey begins. We cannot hook onto just the, uh, the breakthrough moments as being the highs and the only be all and end all. Because you know what? 99% of life is the journey. If you think about pregnancy, nine months of build-up and expectation, this moment of arrival of the baby, often we don't think beyond that. It's just, it's all hooked on that, right? And there's, the, there's this, this big build-up, and then there's the moment of birth, and you hold your baby, and it's wonderful, and there's a moment, whatever, if that's a, just a moment or that's three months, but as soon as that moment is done, and you, it's like a new journey begins, right? And so we need to learn how to find joy in the journey. The, joy, the journey and the destination are places where we need to experience the fullness of Christ. Journey and destination. And so how can you enjoy the journey, though, when you're running on empty? Right? I remember um, the first time I got given a company petrol card a long way back, and I was told... You know, it was December, you're welcome to use the company petrol card to pay for your fuel on the, down, on the way to Cape. I mean, what a fantastic <laughs> feeling, having like a company petrol card. You're not have to, okay, well, you know, fuel efficiency and all of these things. How much is it going to cost us to go down to George? Company credit card. There's a sense of fullness. I mean, what a wonderful, uh, a wonderful thing. And I, I contrast that to a, a story of my sister when she was a student. She was going up to um, Zanin, and on her way back, she was out of money, and she arrived at a toll gate, right? <laughs> and there's no money. What do you do at a toll gate? So, I mean, literally, she had to park her car, get out, this long queue building up behind her, walk and say, excuse me, can I please have some? <laughs> Turn down, the next car, eventually people are like, just give her the money, you know? <laughs> or if you think about... Moments when you've been on a long trip, if you're a guy and you're like, okay, you're gauging the petrol gauge and you're like, okay, we've got this much for, I think I can make it to the next town. I'm a bit of a risk taker, right? <laughs> um, and then you miss the petrol station. Now suddenly you're on fumes and now you're like praying. And that sense of stress that comes up, that like when you have this extreme uh, sense of lack, right? <laughs> a sense of lack equals a huge sense of stress right and we experience that in our everyday life and you know some of you are facing lack at the moment and there's an overwhelming sense of a bit of stress because you're struggling um, 
because of the lack. But I want to say today that we don't have to be overwhelmed by those times. In those places, it's the time to find peace. Jesus knew these things. He knew what it was like to walk as a man. He said in John 16, 33, And everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be given in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows. You will. But you must be courageous, for I have conquered the world. And the footnote for that word courageous there means cheer up. <laughs> cheer up, because I have conquered the world. You know? But that's a nice idea in theory, isn't it? But when theory hits practice, when the rubber hits the road, it's different, isn't it? You can't muster, like, hey, be cheered up. You know, it's not something that you can really muster up. And um, I, I, so I'm telling you a couple of personal stories today. Not that you feel sorry for me, because I don't feel sorry for me, right? Okay, so let's just put that up front. But I just want to make it real that you're not just preaching in a, a void. We're preaching in real life situations here where stuff hits the road. You know, we've gone through a tough financial season over the last two years, I would say. And it got to a point um, a couple of months ago where, uh, maybe early in the year, we had to go to my kids and I had to say, listen, like we're going to have to stop some extramural activities, you know. And <laughs> I brought a tissue. But just to say to, to Mila and Jude, like, hey, we're going to have to stop tennis, you know. And they, in that moment, like, but Dad, we love tennis. And as a dad, in that moment, to look at your kids and just like, they're finding delight and I'm having to say no. You know, the sense of failure as a dad, you'll know. It's like, hey man, I'm not providing for my kids here in this, in this moment. When that rubber hits the road, it gets tough. But Jesus said these things knowing that the rubber hits the road, right? Yeah. He knew these things. Um, and maybe this morning you say like, hey, you don't understand like what I'm going through at the moment. And the question, maybe I don't. But he does. Amen. Right? And he knows what I go through. And he is enough. He's all we need. He satisfies. He comforts. He provides. There's two kinds of fullness. I mean, there might be more. But in my summary as I was writing this, there's two kinds of fullness. There's physical fullness and there's relational fullness, right? And relationship fullness trumps every time. Every time. You know, in this season, I've never been closer to my kids than what I am right now. Never been poorer than we are now, but I've actually never been richer than what we are now. I think there's more trials that I've experienced in the last maybe 18 months, um, but I've never felt more full in my heart. Like, honestly, you can ask Kirsty, I've never felt more full in my heart. And um, I think things that have gone down over the last while, if they had happened 10 years ago, they would have sent me into a spin. And things did send me into a spin 10 years ago. I had little mini meltdowns. But what is the difference now? I'm anchored. I feel anchored. I feel like I'm digesting the reality of the gospel. And that's what I feed myself with when things get difficult. I feed myself with the reality of the gospel and the fact that I'm loved. I'm deeply, deeply loved. And so I said, yeah, there's two kinds of fullness. There's, there's relational fullness and there's physical fullness. But like, well, what about spiritual fullness? But I want to include spiritual fullness 
under relational fullness, right? Because that's what we've been designed for. That's our home. That's our, that's our run-home place. You know, we were created out of perfect relationship. Father, Son, Holy Spirit saying, let us create man and invite them into this perfect relationship. That's what we've been designed for, to be born into the perfect family. So this isn't about us having a perfect family as the Mauds. No, no. All of us are invited into, if we have no family, we're invited into the perfect family. And fullness comes from finding our rooting in that place. That's where fullness comes from. Because perfect peace is found in that family. Perfect peace. You know, going through a time of lack, often say, um, I'm empty and alone. Sons and daughters don't. You know, my kids are experiencing lack at the moment, but they don't feel empty and alone. Right? Am I right, kids? <laughs> yeah? They feel loved. They are experiencing and knowing what it feels like to be loved. And that brings security and fullness for them. You know, orphans in those times demand um, and grab in a time of lack. You know, like you owe me. And they try and take what they can get um, in, in those times. Sons and daughters don't. Sons and daughters speak to their father and find their father's heart. In those times, there's no you against me. Sons and daughters find their father's heart. You know, we um, opening up our home and Jude having his, his bedroom opened up to the community every week. We have a mini meltdown every now and again where he's like, they broke another one of my toys. I can't do this anymore. Like, you know, <laughs> they can't use my room, you know. And I'm like, and then we're coaching him into being sacrificial and... And we're like, boy, this is like you blessing the community by opening your room. But you know what? For your sacrifice, we're also going to honor you and we're going to give you 50 rand a week as pocket money so that you can maybe save up and then buy some toys that have been broken and that. And so that kind of put things right for a while. Um, but, you know, in that moment of him realizing and seeing like what's happening, there's moments where he's come to me and he's like, you know what, Daddy? you don't have to give me my 50 rand, you know? Like, you know what I mean? You don't have to give my 50 rand. And it's not like, well, okay, you don't have to give my 50 rand, like whatever, you know? It's not that manipulative, like me versus you. No, no, he's a son in my house and he's come and he's found his father's heart and there's conversation and there's love and mutual connection. And he's like, don't worry, dad. You don't have to take, you don't have to do that, you know? From such a beautiful space. I'm so proud of my kids, really. Um, do you see that it comes down to internal security? It's internal security in times like that. Knowing, knowing, not knowing about, knowing the reality, the sense that you are full, that you are accepted, that you, are, that you belong, that you are safe. You know, our kids are aware of a tough season, but they do not lose one night's sleep over that. They are loved. Life is good. The season too will pass, and Dad will take care of it. They know they are loved, and it will be okay. And they don't lose sleep. 
You know, the other day I was, I was making coffee for Kirsty there. I'm just worshipping and it's amazing the way worship songs just pop, what songs pop up at different times. Yeah? And I was singing that song like uh, Kim Walker-Smith, He is Jealous for Me. You know that one? He is Jealous for Me. Yeah? You sing it for us. <laughs> Community of worshippers. I'm a worshipper, but I'm not a, a musician. <laughs> but he is jealous for me, loves like a hurricane. I am the tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory. These afflictions that we experience, they're completely eclipsed by glory when we get to experience his overwhelming love. Isn't it true? Oh. And I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. And oh, how he loves. Oh, he loves how he loves us. I'm getting clever. <laughs> you see, when we experience his love, these momentary afflictions are eclipsed by his glory. Glory being experiencing his love for us. And in those places, hope bubbles up like rivers of living water that come from the inside of us, right? And a sense of fullness and steadiness prevails. And so glory can invade the everyday coffee moments, right? Why? Because we are planted, we are rooted in Jesus, who is the river of life. That's where we are planted. And I've just got a, a picture here. We are those people in Psalm 1 verse 3 that are planted in that river of life that it speaks of. It says that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. You see, a tree planted by a stream always flourishes. Why? Because it never lacks right? It's never disconnected. It has everything it needs for today and it draws from that, from that river. Every day it drinks its full and from that place provides uh, shelter and fruit for the ecosystem that's around it. It just draws permanently. It's never disconnected. Isn't that a beautiful picture? And so I almost call this message today two trees, right? Because. Hey? Hey? No, exactly, that's what I'm saying. The Lord's speaking through, through many people. And um, I want you to identify how you see yourself and which tree you can identify with on that side. And so, just to explain this picture, trees, in my knowledge rely on two types of water. Rain that comes down and wets the leaves and the surface roots and that provides nourishment. And then there's a deep underground, the underground waters that the big taproot delves down into to find, which gives it its strength. And you know, when we view ourselves as, we can view ourselves as full or we can view ourselves as empty, like we, oh, we've got nothing you know, and that's how, we, that's how we view ourselves and that's how we can live. And in that place, you're looking for the breakthrough. 
You're looking for that, that, that high moment to pull you through because you're actually empty. You've got nothing. And so when you've got nothing, you just feel in a bad space and you're waiting for the blessing. And that rain comes and it gives you moments of encounter, right? Which is wonderful. There's nothing wrong with that. There's wonderful moments of encounter when rain comes. But look at those roots. When the storm comes, you crumble. It falls over. Things are a disaster, you know. We hit a low bank balance. Oh, my word. The whole world is falling apart. I can't cope with life because, you know, it's just, there's this external as opposed to strength and life coming from the internal, right? Um, for this tree, this tree knows that it's going to tap into the underground river. Its taproot is going to go and find that underground stream and the other branches go out and, and establish it firmly. So that when, that's an inward-outward thing. This, is an, this one here is an outward-in blessing. We're waiting for this outward-in. Outward-in. Things are going tough. I need you, Lord. Come and bring so that I can be blessed. This one no matter, knows no matter what the season. No, no. Times get tough. All I do is I go deeper. And I'm stringing. It's an inward-outward blessing, right? And when the storm comes, you stand firm. And so why do we get to stand? Why do we get to be considered full? Why do we get to stand in that space there? Trees planted in the river. Because he was hung on a tree. And he took every curse and every sin and brought us into this wonderful place of relationship. I'm going to be reading from Colossians, so I'm just going to jump around to various parts. He has rescued us, Colossians 1, He has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of His beloved Son. For in the Son, all our sins are cancelled and we have the release of redemption through His very blood. Now you might say, like, well, why are you talking about sin when I'm experiencing lack? No, but because of that, the beautiful gospel, he's translated you into a place of perfect relationship. Because he dealt with all of that and he's made it null and void, he's translated you back into that place of beautiful relationship. And that's the place where we find our fullness. For God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and on earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. Restored to innocence again. That's the invitation back straight onto Papa's lap, no matter what the circumstance. Even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as the sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence. And now there is nothing, there is nothing between you and Father God, for he sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. Beautiful. I mean, do you ever feel like the empty tree? Of course. On Friday, I felt a bit like that empty tree. A thought came, 
I entertained that thought for a little bit too long. I believed a lie and suddenly I thought I was useless. And I had a, a little bit of a tough day, you know. But in those moments, when we face difficulty, those moments are a moment of invitation, right? They're a moment for invitation for you to take your taproot and go down and find the, the water and be reminded of who I am. Or alternatively, my taproot can withdraw up into my trunk, away from that the underground river, and then I end up feeling like that. Right? You withdraw into independence. I'm alone. I'm empty. No one understands. I lack. Empty, 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 as opposed to, no, no, no. In those moments, our taproots go deep, deep, deep into the river that runs straight from the throne room of God. Otherwise, you feel overwhelmed with lack. Lies, lies, lies. That you are lacking are lies. Relationship trumps physical. Friends, we are rich. We are full. And that carries us through the hard times. It sustains us on the journey and gives us joy on the journey. There is a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations, but now it's being revealed, unfolded and manifested for every holy believer to experience. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest. You're rich. A heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for His people. And God wants everyone to know it. You're everyone. Know it. <laughs> Christ is our message. Not the breakthrough. It doesn't say the breakthrough is our message. Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of truth. It has become my inspiration and passion in ministry to labor with a tireless intensity, with His power flowing through me to present every believer the revelation of being his perfect one in Jesus Christ. His perfect one in Jesus Christ. You're so loved. Friends, we are fuller and more blessed than what we sometimes think. So go to, going back to the beginning of Colossians. So, may your faith and love rise within you as you access all the treasures of your inheritance stored up in the heavenly realm. For the revelation of the true gospel is as real today as the day you first heard of our glorious hope. Now that you have believed in the truth of the gospel, what a feast. The gospel is a feast if you'll stop to eat. This is the wonderful message that is being spread everywhere, powerfully changing hearts throughout the earth just like it has changed you. Every believer of this good news bears the fruit of eternal life as they experience the reality of God's grace. 
Sometimes in our times of lack, we need to stand back and we need to just allow the grace of God to wash over you. It's not a time for positive thinking. It's not a time to muster up, be cheerful, fuss bait, you know. This is not a fuss bait moment. And soldier on, you can do it. We will get through this so we can hit the breakthrough. No, no, this is a time for you to sit back and experience the grace of the Lord that just washes over you and literally fills you from the inside out, that you can get to a place where you are you're full. It's like there's lack, but there's full. It's what Jesus experienced. You know, Paul wasn't writing Colossians 1 to a bunch of people who had just got their promotion or sold their business or their new car or their healing or whatever. No, he was writing for everyone. You know, at the end of Colossians 1, at the end of all of these beautiful verses that I've read, he, he, he writes the scripture. He says, I'm just going to take a portion of it. I can even celebrate the sorrows that I have experienced on your behalf. Paul knew what it was like to experience sorrow and difficulty, right? But he knew that's different from the, the fullness that we get to experience in Christ. Because right? all of that, he ends with that. I know the difficulty, but all the preceding thing is like, no, no, you fool. You think this guy was just had things rosy. You know, it must have been an amazing life for him to write things like, no, no, he knew that. He knew the difference, that difference between external and interior, internal security. He writes that we are reservoirs. We are like wells, right? That's what was one of the, the foundations of this community is like, we are each wells. Okay? You are trees. Nobody can be your tree for you. Right? You can be blessed by preaching and we, we are, we, we, it all happens that. Ultimately, you need to discover, each one of you, me, I am a well. No one's going to run this race for me. No one's going to journey this for me. When things get tough, no, no, I need to find that water. I need to find this fullness. And I want that picture of that tree to stick with you today because it's, he's provided that heavenly tre treasure chest for you. It's been provided, but it takes you just allowing your roots to find that water. Open invitation. Nobody's going to do that for you. We are wells, reservoirs filled with the fullness of Christ. That his fullness energizes us. That's actually what gives you energy and fills us with hope and glory. And so I want us just to, to stand, if we, we can now, and I want to pray. I want to pray the beginning of Colossians over you. Now, instead of the, instead of the we, I want to pray, um, I'm going to pray I. <laughs> so there's a bit of paraphrase here, but not much. Maybe you can close your eyes for a moment. I pray that you would receive the perfect knowledge of God's pleasure over your lives, making you reservoirs of every kind of wisdom and spiritual understanding. I pray that you would walk in the ways of true righteousness, pleasing God in every good thing you do. Then you'll become fruit-bearing branches, yielding to his life and maturing in the rich experience of knowing God in his fullness. And I pray that you would be energized with all his explosive power 
from the realm of his magnificent glory, filling you with great hope. Friends, there is a maturing in the knowledge and experiencing God. Paul talks about that here. He says, and maturing in the rich experience of knowing God in all his fullness. And it's these moments when we go through trials and difficulties that it reveals what's really going on in our heart, what we really believe. And through these moments, there's a maturing. Because in that moment, that taproot that goes deep, it establishes you because it has found life. And once you've found life, you don't want to be disconnected from that life again. However, daily, we need to gather together. We need to encourage each other. Each one of us needs to go to the Word, friendship with Holy Spirit, and find that underground river. Because sometimes we think it's dried up, but it never dries up. It never dries up. And so just an encouragement this morning that when you feel it's dried up, just to go back to his lap, experience his goodness and allow his grace to wash over you and find the beauty and the joy, even in the seasons of, of, um, that might feel desert-like. So can we just worship from that place? I, I just felt to, to preach first this morning, just that this wouldn't be the last word and then we go off to watch the rugby, but that you would have a moment to actually delve into that fullness. Because I, I know many of you came here today not feeling full, right? This is the moment for you to delve in deep and allow the Lord to fill you and remind you of who you are. Maybe just think of Kirsty's picture of the bones as you do that and allow the Lord to put flesh on those bones. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit thecollectivechurch.ca.ca.